0: This show is brought to you in association with football charity Football Aid. It's a charity very close to my heart and raises monies for diabetes charities. I'm on the board, and at the moment, we are running um, a special donation campaign. The campaign basically is to raise extra monies for football aid and obviously what's a very difficult time for a variety of charities in the UK and around the world. And the idea is to donate £10 by texting FOOTY, that's F-O-O-T-Y, to the text number 70085. That's texting FOOTY to 70085 to support a fantastic charity. I hope you will do, and this is only obviously for UK listeners. Thanks in advance. Yeah, S, yes, we, we actually were thinking about when we were going to do this session and uh, how we were going to do it because, um, you know, in di- in our different ways, we're pretty much front line, I guess, you so much more than maybe to a degree um, in that, you know, you, you are working with um, talent, with athletes day in, day out. You are embracing all of the stuff that they're embracing on a daily basis, which is everything from social media clubhouse instagram tiktok to the the commercial deals and the the brand associations that everyone um is looking for on a regular basis and um i guess in a way the the zlatan lebron discussion um that they had um in a way was a very good sort of um bookmark for i think to a degree that the way that either the industry sees athletes or the way that athletes see themselves or that athletes see the industry as well and um, when we were doing a bit of prep for the for this conversation and and the idea is obviously to try and get a lot of people um, involved in in this sort of um, open discussion as well is I think you know obviously the headline is who's right Zlatan or Lebron but I think we ultimately know um, the sort of short answer to that which is it's more nuanced um, and it's more nuanced for lots of different reasons, and so, you know, without putting loads of topics out there, some of the things that we were thinking about, s weren't we, which was you know, should players put themselves out there is not necessarily the question, but it's do do players and talent want to put themselves out there? Because usually, whatever is said or not said, the the online reaction um, is is pretty strong, and that online outrage. Um, whatever is said isn't said um, is pretty um, intense um, and usually it's a lot to do with, I sort of talk about Freud quite a lot, it's when someone else basically doesn't feel great about themselves or does, it gives a sense of satisfaction when someone else um, is doing worse to a degree and it makes them then feel a bit better about themselves. So there's probably much deeper psychological <laughs> elements to what we're going to discuss tonight and otherwise, in other words. But I think ultimately what would be great to start with, S from your perspective is um, what what's your take? Because obviously there's a full range of players and talent. Some that want to engage intensely, and lots that don't or want to stay within a particular framework. So you know, if you could sort of chart that sort of those ranges and those categories and those ideas, that would be. I think that'd be a great place to start.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a good starting point. I think there's quite a few people in the room that do work with athletes as well. Some are quite vocal about things. Some some aren't, and I think that easiest way to define whether someone should be or shouldn't be is how genuine is it to them some people in my opinion is one of them that likes to say things to kind of cause a bit of a media shitstorm is probably the easiest way of putting it um, then there's others that actually do care about what they're doing I don't think this is something that's just come about recently either. you can go back in time to so like Muhammad Ali Billy Gene King kind of. then there was those Olympians Tommy Smith and John Carlos as well that from times gone by when there wasn't social media or anything, people still had voices trying to kind of communicate different messages that either their communities feel or they, they feel what might just be general worldly matters, right? So I think it always comes down to is it authentic to them? Kind of does it make sense for them to speak on it? And I think LeBron's counter argument to it was that I'm educated and everything that I'm talking about. So he made a few points. LeBron then obviously came back to him and said his points. And I will always say that LeBron kind of has built his profile, kind of like his communications based off of things that he cares about. He's genuine about them. Like you wouldn't build a school if you weren't genuine about it. So him talking about the education system or youth culture in his hometown, he knows about it because he's gone and done something to rectify it, I guess. So it ultimately does boil down to authenticity and I think I'll be interested to hear other people's thoughts as well because I know some people may think completely differently to to me but I'm always of the thought process that if you have an opinion you should voice it so whether you're in business whatever it might be we still have values as human beings so we should kind of voice them and talk about them
0: I think it's I think it's a good one and you know um guys please raise hand um we'll we'll bring you into conversations and whoever um wants to wants to join it'd be great too. I you know my my nuanced view on that which I guess is exactly what we're, we're sort of getting to is Agreed. Everybody wants to say what they want, but you know much, much better than I with working with elite talent who are very visible in the public domain and um, will potentially... Um, there'll be potentially be repercussions and consequences for particular types of things that are said in the media, over social media, whatever it is. A um, lot of people will think, is it worth the hassle? And I, I completely get your point. I think it's a brilliant point, which is... You know, social is just basically a new platform for the same issue which is do players and talent want to speak their mind 10 years ago, 15 years ago it was to the newspapers, now it's directly to consumer and everything else that might be but ultimately you've still got to have at least a team behind you to be able to feel confident in the things that you're trying to say and then not come across poorly in the execution of what you're actually trying to say
1: Yeah I think that's that's a That's extremely important in how you articulate that message because the athletes went through a bit of a period where they didn't kind of have a greatest relationship with the press. So you would have seen a lowering period of time of who communicates what. So some of the examples that I gave, we're talking about 40, 50 years ago. They, they were kind of communicating or using their platform in the boxing ring or on the podiums winning their medals at the olympics they were using those platforms to kind of make their statements and like coming back to like slatan's point his point was stay out of politics now my point is or my opinion is that's not necessarily politics and some of the things that he's talking about yeah when he's directly engaging with a political party for an election, yeah, fine, that that's politics, right? But a lot of the points that a lot of athletes talk about are human rights. So Rashford talking about food for kids at school, that in my opinion is a human right. It's not a political statement. Someone talking about the environment, that's a human right again, not a political statement. So I think there's that fine balance between what is politics and what is just general human nature and kind of values and beliefs. But using the point coming back to the social media, yeah, if you put out an opinion on on something, make sure that the way that you've articulated it is in an educated manner, and you're well first on what you're trying to say. And particularly when people people are going to come back at you, so if you're are, if you are going to reply to something, make sure you you're educated and your your voice is being used in the right way to retaliate that we've seen like piers morgan most recently right the guy's got a huge voice in many ways more than one but he's not necessarily articulating his point in the right ways whatever his point is i don't even know what his point is these days but he's just not articulating it in the correct manner that's why you get huge backlashes from different peoples from different parts of the world through different mediums ultimately it comes down to the way that you articulate, but then also hold yourself back
0: and not bite back on different things. I think one of the things that I was wanting to just, you know, delve into a little bit, um, and as with obviously your experience um, over an, a number of years now at, at, at dealing with this, is that I, I in a way I find it quite ironic if we're talking about the micro of, of Zlatan now, is that, you know, he he's, he's a relatively controversial character. He speaks his mind, um, is relatively outspoken yet at the exact time that um, people are feeling more confident about speaking up about the things that they want to and Lebron obviously having a a broad range of topics that he's obviously entitled to speak about and wants to purposely speak about, that almost Latam was almost defending the sort of established view, which almost in a way I felt wasn't that authentic from his perspective now it might be that he's been drilled it's been drilled into him and it's coming from a place of insecurity which is don't do anything outside of your lane and just sort of as as was told to sort of lebron shut up and dribble but you know to to most i think now and to a growing number of um, of athletes now um that platform provides such great opportunity if it's handled well so my question for you to a degree is let let's just take rashford, for example, and I understand the point about um uh social need and human right and um uh, literally um kids' food um uh, and 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 have the ability and the ability to be able to access the the right nutrition on a, on a daily basis, which sounds even crackers for me to argue that about uh in the u k But even on that, for example, Rashford got abuse, not necessarily for the cause, but because he needed to engage the right professionals in order to help him do the job. And that's what I found quite an interesting new stick to beat someone on, which wasn't you're not authentic. in what you're saying is that you're being inauthentic by needing help in order to put the right message across. and I was just wondering to see how how prevalent that is now is that it's a, it's not necessarily the narrative it's the, the story behind the narrative which becomes the story
1: Yes it's always a hard one because if you don't have someone to help you it's concentrate on football but then if you have someone to help you it's oh well that that's not genuine because you've got someone else to help you do that now on on those scenarios I think People are just looking to say something that, that ultimately i always boil it down you're always going to get some sort of comment so if that's the worst someone can say to him then you're in a good place but we're now living in a world where someone will say something to you and if that's the worst thing then okay you're doing the right thing because they're not ridiculing the actual i guess purpose of what you're trying to do or the, the goal that you're trying to achieve they're just trying to find a a hole somewhere that that's just people these days so I don't there's no fix that you need people to help you to do things, whether that's you you then as a lawyer, you need a team behind you to be able to do what you're doing, whether that's a content team, a director for a filming, they he or she needs a crew to be able to do that. I think that that you can't avoid. It's just one of those things that people are just always gonna find a hole within you.
0: So if we if we take that position in S and again, you know, feel free, guys, hand, hands up, we can ask some um questions and or any viewpoints that um that anyone might have, and we've got a lot of friends in the the audience already, is that when you know, when effectively you're starting out with the the younger, talented guys that are obviously showing their value on pitch and they are obviously native to the whole social ecosystem. Um and they want to project particular Messages and at first it might well be whether they've won, lost, drawn, or otherwise, or it might be a um, you know a small commercial partnership, whatever it is. At what point are you advising them to use that platform and voice to be able to slowly but surely, I guess, put those particular messages out or those authentic messages out and those um, ideas of um, of this is what I want to convey to the people that want to know more about me.
1: So. I don't know if you saw today, Reese James deleted his Instagram, right? So Reese James got quite a bit of stick from probably not to do with anything that he's doing off the pitch even. I think it's just racial abuse that he was getting, so he deleted his Instagram. But younger younger players ride the highs on, with the highs and the lows with the lows. They haven't necessarily mastered the art of, OK, these are the people, if I listen to their opinion, these are the opinions that matter to me beyond these core set of people I'm not worried about what the world says and that just comes from immaturity that's just growing up in human nature right you can't expect a 20, 21 or 22 year old to go onto social media here or see everything that's been saying to them and be immune to it it's it's just not possible but a 25, 26, 27 year old that has been through all of that early doors whether that's fans fans at games, fans on the street, fans on social media they've gone through that, that period of time where they've hit rock bottom in terms of how they feel mentally, physically, emotionally, from abuse from fans, that they then figure out the way that they want to emotionally balance out their their future life, right? So until they've figured that balance out, I would never recommend someone to be like, right, you need to go and talk about the, the values that you're thinking about or this, that and the other. I think that can only come once they've figured out that for themselves no one can teach you how to emotionally behave whether that's to ride the highs with the highs or the lows with the lows no one can teach you that it's impossible to teach someone but all you can do is try and protect them from it not be so so much on the front line in terms of too early and then educate them look someone is going to say something about this it's just a matter of fact so it's how you react to it and how you continue on your on your path of your journey. So. If we look at LeBron, he probably started to really practically talk openly about things around 2011-2012, so we're talking about when he was in his mid-20s. So again, even at the pinnacle of the game and from a decade ago, we're seeing people only around that mid-20 stage as an athlete that they're mature, mentally mature enough to be able to cope with all the criticism that's going to come with it.
0: I think that's totally right. Um... It's funny. I there was a there was a quote that when we were discussing um, in prep for this that I really like, which is don't take criticism from anyone. I wouldn't take advice from, um, and I love it in in practice, in principle. But uh, it's easier said than done. I think is ultimately the point. And I remember, you know, when you were work, when you're working with lots of players, one of the things that always struck um, with me was. You know for a lot of the players that you're you're working with on on the social side um and previously and, and currently is that you know when you're pro- potentially providing reports to them about you know the positive and negative stuff and what's worked well and what hasn't that sometimes you're not necessarily going to point out all the negative stuff that's happened to them because it, it can impact on their uh, on you know a person's well-being um and the, the I've, I've brought Hugo up, um, uh, who's a good friend of, of both of ours, and Hugo's previously um, uh, worked on the player care side at um, uh, Southampton and West Ham, and um, he's now the the director of the the player care group. And we were just uh, obviously Hugo had been listening into the conversation. It'd just be really interesting from from our perspective to to hear your for- first hand your first hand experiences of dealing with players at elite clubs and elite players themselves when it comes to um, putting themselves out there across particular platforms and and the the types of experiences and issues that sort of that came across your desk room as, or as much as you can say or the opinions that you've you possibly got on it
2: thanks guys i mean brilliant conversation always unfortunately i've only i've got to go in a couple of minutes but very quickly i think I, i've been amazed by the change in club view on social media from when I first started at Southampton it was very much like no one should be tweeting everything should be you know run by the club it should be you know very very harsh penalties for anything controversial social media to a point now where you know so many players are kind of leaving social media just because either it's that the penalties for getting it wrong are so harsh um but to be honest, most players that I have worked with just don't really have an interest in it anymore. Um, and S, you know this much better than I do. But a lot of them who are kind of just disengaged from it, either they delete their accounts or they have people who, who run it without them even seeing it. And I think it's a shame. I mean, I actually wanted to ask a question rather than give my opinion because I don't think I'm the most qualified person to speak on this. But S, in your opinion, you know, when if you if you you know it's obviously we we want athletes to be speaking authentically and and engaging with people do you think it gets to a point where it's actually better to have a few players talking a lot and doing a lot of good like a marcus rashford rather than having every player trying to say something on some issue or what do you think on that does it dilute the message if every player in the premier league's got a different cause that they're beating the drum about or do you think it's better to have the sort of one or two champions that kind of Lead
1: things from the front uh, and, and hit, hit it with more impact? I think to make a change, you need more people to talk about it and kind of like embrace it. I think if you just have one or two, the the general mentality sometimes is oh, at some point, this person will shut up about it. So I think having a group or a collective set of people, and I'll give you an example, right? So that NHS um, fund kind of initiative from Jordan Henderson that took place with the Premier League. In, in the summer last year that only worked because it was a collective group of people literally banging a drum towards the Premier League that you need to do this likewise when it came to the NBA and around George Floyd LeBron and a number of other players within the NBA literally fought and had to bang a drum for the NBA to stop the games during a playoff period of time and then to put an into an initiative an um, inequality kind of program to try and address this within local communities amongst local nba clubs if one person is just doing it it's quite easy for someone to just be like "Mm, probably not today let's try and do this another time if if people are collectively working towards a collective goal it's great if we had 150 different causes flying around i think you'd probably be sitting in a world where it's just not sustainable from an audience point of view to take in all those different messaging right but if we're fighting towards one or one or two or three or four, whatever it might be, a small number of causes together as a collective. That's what we need. We can't have just one person talking about the environment over there, another person talking about um, school meals over there, and another person talking about racial inequality over there. It has to be a number of group of people. Would be my opinion anyway. I'm just, I'm just one person, right? Yeah, I think I think it's it's interesting because. You know,
2: again, when I started in club football seven, eight years ago, there was maybe one game a season where there would be like a special cause for something. And I think there's almost, I don't want to say a fatigue towards it, but players seem to be wearing different T-shirts in training, you know, four or five times a month. How many of the players look at the T-shirts they're wearing and acknowledge what they mean, you know, really buy into the cause. It almost, it feels like because it's so much, there's not really a buy-in for it. Whereas... You know, looking at what Marcus has done, you know, is obviously the most obvious example, because he's so not only involved in it, but so knowledgeable about it and really has become one of the leading voices on child hunger and all of that, it's really interesting to buy into it, whereas, you know, it almost feels like the messages are being diluted so much across so many causes.
0: I think um I'm not sure, Hugo, if that was your front door or not, but um, in, in any event, uh, yeah, I... Yes, it was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I'd sort of take the view, and I'll obviously defer to, to Essen as well, um, and again, be really interested in people's views on, on this more generally, is um, we're talking about like Rashford probably putting in place one of the most successful um player campaigns um that I don't know if the UK or Europe or you know even wider he has, has seen um and so when when you put certain um such huge successes on pedestals to a degree I think then we got into the I the, the sort of micro versus macro idea is that I think if you know that there's plenty of players that and athletes and talent that I've seen that might not have huge following um, or may have big following but are able to express what they're feeling about a particular event, a particular cause, a particular um, uh, set of circumstances and that can resonate quite significantly with um, you know what can be sometimes quite a passionate and uh, um, involved following. So I'm of the view a lot of the time just as in the past, newspapers reach big audiences with particular causes. In the same way, um, you know, talent are effectively publishers; they are publishers of their own content to a degree. So, what I'm really keen on, um, sort of exploring, is yeah, we've gone beyond the the talent needing to use any other vehicle to to um, express particular points but ultimately i still think there's plenty of siloed groups of people that particular talent players athletes can positively target because my view lost the time is if you can change one people one person's view granted that might not be a necessary a case in the echo chamber that is social media <laughs> but more generally if you can reach people and give people um perspective on stuff that they otherwise might not have i always think that that's quite quite a positive
1: no, yeah, I think there's that fine balance between your your social reach can only take you so far. So, um, like Jordan, who's in the room that works with me, he's a massive advocate of trying to push that voice beyond just the social platform. Like, use your social platform to be able to make your voice authentic enough in that space that if someone comes to your social platform, they understand, okay, this person is very much interested in this, they're passionate about this, and they're trying to do this but then be able to use media platforms that have bigger reach than you to be able to tell that story even further and wider. Now, there's two points to that. One, obviously your reach can only get you so far, but two, let's be honest, not everyone's interested in football. And especially when we break it down, Or if I just look at football particularly, not everyone might be interested in that team or that particular footballer. So being able to use those media outlets to be able to tell that story to an audience that you may not be able to tap into uh, through your own channels Allows you to do that, but using your own channels, you can say what you want, and say it how you want to say it, but then build enough credibility and that voice of authority that by the time you get to the media platforms to be able to tell that story or have that opinion, you're doing it in a way that the audience that is hearing you for the first time and might be massively passionate about what you're talking about, they, I guess, feel that authenticity and they, they hear it and they go, okay, this person is extremely educated on what they're talking about and they resonated with it if you go in and just talk about top line headline headlines you're not going to get far
0: no it's an interesting one and I see um, we brought Max up Max great to great to have you as uh, as always um, What what's your thoughts on stuff generally
3: oh, hi guys I just wanted to follow up on what you've been talking about really I think it's, it really is interesting especially off the back of what Eshin just said about you know players and, and talent, in particular being interested in or other areas of you know social issues um generally and i think sport is a pillar of culture and similar to music film and and other forms of art and and as far as i know art's always been used to comment on these social cultural issues in an unconventional way if you will and i believe that's why they like to you know you mentioned before Muhammad Ali through the the 1960s and you know Jesse Owens spring to mind in the 1930s and and so forth that's why they're so iconic in the history of sport and bringing it to the present day and why I think these issues receive um such a sort of binary um view of attention is that social media being the amplifier that it is um Athletes today, obviously, are, are subject to abuse on there, and and that broad message, as you say, and um, you know that that's referred to in the NBA community, is shut up and dribble, um, and I think their views are, um, you know, because they're objects within this cult of celebrity that's been generated in sport over, I'd say, the last twenty years or so. Um, it's very much changed from that, you know, that twentieth century um, sort of pillar of of culture to almost being like you know a celebrity almost and off the back of that point that you've just made Dan, about talent and being publishers I remember there was a a platform online not too long ago called Otro where athletes were ultimately in charge of um, the content on there and, and the platform in general and there's also the Players Tribune which I love reading I think that's absolutely fantastic um, I guess a question I can put back to you guys is when, if possible, do you think the mainstream social media platforms, i.e. Twitter um, will be less reactional and more educational?
0: Go on, S. Do you, want, you take it?
1: So, Matt, just to clarify, is this a question in terms of do we feel, like myself or Dan, feel that the social platforms are going to do something proactively to try and stop the abuse on there? Potentially, but I think going outside
3: the sport, I think you've seen politically, if you follow the sort of US um, political news and climate, that that seems to be a very difficult task. And, I mean, you've seen almost, I would say... Um, flowers growing through the cracks in the likes of the campaigns launched by, you know, Jordan Henderson, the NHS and, as you say, Marcus Rashford and Free School Meals Um, but I was just wondering if we ever are going to reach a point, obviously I've been um, sort of emerged in social media culture for the last several years and it does seem very toxic um, if it's going to reach a point where it will be more tolerable of uh, different social issues I
1: think, personally, no, because I don't think... I I made this point to someone a couple of weeks back around the racial abuse on social media. The social platform isn't necessarily the problem. It's like putting a podium outside and giving someone a microphone and saying, "Okay, speak your opinion. The people are the problem. So the people on social media feel that they can now express their hidden opinions from wherever it might be to just be able to say what they think, feel or whatever it might be to people without any consequences. Now the issue within the social platforms comes where you're giving it free reign. You're not providing a security layer to the end user that's receiving that abuse. Whether people will start to get banned on this and everything, that's a completely different topic and completely different conversation, which I don't think these social platforms will ever fix unless the people that are spending their money on their brand advertising in their platforms decide to pull it and let's be honest right now I can't see collectively all the corporations in the world that pump a lot of money into these platforms pulling their money it opens up the question why was Donald Trump able to be suspended from there in a matter of I guess minutes from everyone deciding on it but when it comes to general abuse to general the population no one can do that I think that's, that's an entirely different point but to, to your point I don't think it will get tolerable I just think it's going to get worse and worse and worse because every day we see something new topic and we see a complete new opinion around something like today's news around um, that that um, woman in London then you see in Parliament someone talking about I think it was a four minute list of how many women over the past year have been killed by a man you see in the comments underneath that just complete weird comments abuse sexism it was just mind-boggling to see what happens because two weeks ago we may not think that you'd get those type of comments because we haven't been exposed to that situation but then we're exposed to we see this next week might be something completely different The week after that something different so it's a continuous cycle that you're just never going to break because ultimately it comes down to the people that are throwing in all this abuse and i think i saw it on a sky news tweet but we're actually seeing people with their username with like their child and their family in their display pictures so i don't think people
0: just don't have any kind of chill anymore yeah it's a strange filter going on at the moment max and i think it's a really good one michael we're going to come to you in just a second so thanks for <laughs> thanks for bearing with us i think i think just from my perspective very briefly is from some, a lot of the stuff that i've read especially on some of the platforms is a lot of the time you know the truth is the outrage drives the the platform that, that's what we're talking about we're talking about interaction um, on particular topics. And again, I mean, and this is, I guess, ironically, we, we, we are on a platform discussing the exact outrage that we might feel about why, LeBron, um, why Zlatan um, suggests that LeBron should stay in his channel. And the truth is, is that what human beings I think are very um, good at is trying to prove that they are right. And the other whoever the other is is wrong because our opinion is my opinion is better than yours and I gain validation from my opinion and my strength of argument or the conflict that I engender as a, as a sort of as a result and um, and that's what I think social does in a lot of ways like one of my main um, elements that I think about whenever I'm tweeting or anything is I genuinely will only say positive things and not not to be unauthentic but because my um, my main focus point is trying to say good things articulately and in an authentic voice about things I um, positively believe in and I think whereas most a lot of the stuff that I see on social is unfortunately you know relatively um uh, negative confrontational and um proving um points and settling scores or scoring scores really so um yeah that's what um that's why that's where I'd sort of um be right now but um yeah Michael thanks for thanks for patience yeah we're really interested on 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 your in your perceptions on stuff as well
4: yeah massively. thanks for inviting me I have a great conversation guys um yeah it was something that kind of Hugo said really I, I was lucky to know Hugo through his time at Southampton and I just been thinking about social media for the last few years and I think it's just such a big social problem that all of a sudden we live in a world where you're right or you're wrong you know we've seen it this week in the media and just totally taking the subject matter out of it but if someone expresses an opinion, if people don't agree with it, all of a sudden they're wrong. And there's no room for debate and discussion anymore. And that really kind of frustrates me. Like I'm just looking at making a move into kind of local politics to try and improve the local community around me. And you kind of sitting on meetings and there's just no common ground and no discussion anymore no one can appreciate that you know we might have a different opinion on something but do you know what there's going to be things that we'll agree at and there'll be a point where we can come together and I think social media has become so toxic I like genuinely don't see a way back for it I feel so disengaged from social media I've, when I first started my presenting career you know I'd be putting everything on social media and when I was pitch side when I first started presenting Premier League games I'd be oh can we do a picture well no you can't put pictures up on from, from pitch side and then all of a sudden you could and there came this massive kind of peak of everyone really excited about social media um, but it just come to a point now where i just don't really want to use it anymore and i kind of i guess the kind of thought to kind of takeaway that i'm thinking of and would be great to kind of hear your views on it is you know do we think we're just going to see everyone get into a point where they just step away from social media because it is so confrontational and we just need to take a leaf out of the book from the greats like muhammad ali who was able to make such a great social standpoint um without social media but use the media in a way that he'd get his voice across but one thing I thought that was great about Ali is there was always discussion and conversation whenever he was on a chat show it wasn't I'm right you're wrong it was like well this is what I believe and I've seen footage of him having a a conversation about all the humanitarian stuff he's done I just think I think it's more than a social media problem I think it's the world that we live in now and it's just it just seems such a shame that you know we should be celebrating that we've all got different views and opinions obviously on on more serious issues is this a slightly different conversation but you know you you can just tweet something about your favorite football player these days and it's like, well, you're, like that's a stupid idea what a waste of money he was and it's like well hang on a minute let's just have a discussion about it and i just think it's a, a really sad place that that the world's in right now and i think it's much bigger than social media and you know you have to applaud people like marcus rashford he did fantastic stuff obviously during during the lockdown and there are examples of of it working in a really positive way but i'd just be really interested to see what you guys think that if this is kind of the downfall of social media
1: I think it's a downfall of having an opinion. That, that's the problem. It's, if, if I bring it back to the athlete side, right? So, uh, having an opinion and kind of agreeing or disagreeing. So, LeBron is obviously so active in terms of and vocal about having a say on racial inequality in, in the States. Now, Zlatan went back to him and said, look, his point was you never lived through it. Well, he did because he was a child at some point all through. But Zlatan forgets that in, I think it was like 2018, he, when it was all based on him with the media and everyone going at him for him and his personality in Sweden, he he flipped and he went, oh, it's because my name's Ibrahimovic. It's because it's not a Swedish name. He, he came out and said, okay, this is a racial thing. They're on me because of my surname, not because of anything else. Now, those two people could have just spoken, what, said, actually I agree with all of his like, racial points, this, that and the other, but it comes back to Dan's point. He's trying to prove a point and then it comes to your point, Michael, that he's just trying to having a wider scope of an opinion to have a discussion around it, but he knows the world and the media are working in a certain way, that he says it it will just go anywhere and everywhere so there's that fine margin of does he actually mean it or is he just saying it for the sake of saying it to create some havoc in the press and PR himself for whatever reason I don't know I can't tell you what rational logic someone would have to go out and say that about another another athlete if if that's his point of stay in your
0: lane then he could easily stay in his lane and say I've got no opinion on what LeBron James is doing over in the States Just very briefly as well on that point and then we're going to get Mark up a good friend of both of us to, to have a chat is that I think, it, I think it's actually ironically quite interesting that um um Zlatan is being outspoken about ensuring people aren't outspoken um I know you can always twist it in different ways or whatever but I think um he's he's swimming against the tide is the truth for whatever reason it is so I think ultimately for in in my mind it is um if we're talking about why athletes should do more I think it's because we've seen such great examples of it being actioned really well especially over a particular shorter period of time Um, and everyone obviously in lockdown around the world um, you know more likely to be accessing their digital devices and um, more digitally native people you know even coming on clubhouse and and that sort of um, accelerating so uh, yeah I'd I'd welcome sort of Mark's thoughts on um, the the athlete side and those types of um, those types of issues that impact. And, and Michael, just very briefly to your point, I I actually think, um, I just wrote down as I was taking notes on, on what you said, which I found really interesting. I think that the issue is exactly as Essen said, social and anything that isn't interact, actual face-to-face interaction with people, it takes away the personal, so it takes away the consequence. And I, I still think whenever I'm speaking face-to-face with somebody, um, everyone generally within reason is relatively civil. I, I think it's almost the deep personalization of people that um, people have this sort of um faceless persona or are a little bit more bolshie or have a particular set of outrage or go into a particular frame of mind when they're on their phone or in front of their computer which is very different to the actual person that they are in the flesh and almost that that separation of self um is i think is definitely occurring to a degree whereas that's just an outlet that otherwise wouldn't have been there for a particular period of time before Sorry, so I've gone off on a bit of a monologue there, but yeah, Mark, <laughs> um, any any particular insights you want yep. to add in?
5: Yep. Hi, S. Hi, Dan. Um, good evening. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I just popped on and I just heard it, and this is something that's very close to my heart. Um, you know, I'm quite old, and when I go back to when I was growing up, there was no social media, and I was in advertising for the best part of 20 years, so we were communicating the whole time, and when there was no social media, we still got our messages out, but there were controls. And there was a form of censorship that if you did a press ad you did a tv ad you did a radio ad if if you didn't put the right message out and it was offensive abusive racist whatever you were pulled up the platforms that have now been created um have created chaos that's it i mean everybody has an opinion and they've had opinions for hundreds of years it's just how could you share that opinion and the problem we've got today which is the wild west is that anybody can have an opinion and it can be shared in a split second and it can be abusive it can be racist it can be positive and when I look at athletes and the guys that I look after in football I think what we try to do and we try and put a science on it and you know I work with Essendon on it and stuff is you know it's a risk reward always risk reward and I would always go on the basis of why are you doing it so what's the reason is it a charitable reason is it because there's a brand uh, development opportunity. Is it crisis management? You want to put a story out because you need to correct something. Is it reality? Um, You know, I have a particular client who's been out of football for 12 months and the speculation around why he was out is extraordinary from people ringing me up saying, I've heard he's he's lost all his money. I've heard uh, he can't pay his mortgage and it was complete rubbish. But we couldn't say anything because it was to do with an injury and an illness. But you couldn't say anything you wanted to but the perception out there was horrendous then if you've got the why you then say well what what are we going to say how are we going to say it well what's the action what are, we, what are we trying to get from this and then the final thing is how how do we put the message out so we've now got platforms and you're going to be measured do we just go to the the national press do we go to the broadcast or do we stick it up on twitter and on, on Instagram, and, and all hell breaks loose. And all of that, all of that will create a result. And then it's either a positive or a negative or both. And then you've got to deal with it. And can you deal with it? And there's a player today, it's in the news, or it's sort of probably missed, just not quite got it. He's come off of Instagram. And I kind of know what's happened. Just He's cool. I think he's just had enough. Because what happens is you get this performance and hype and which is the curve that you want to be on? Do you want to be on the hype? But that's below your performance. Great. If your hype goes ahead of your performance and your performance drops, you're in trouble because everybody will destroy you. So I think the thing is that it is censorship. I think it's a cynical market now, this, this media communications. And I think it's dangerous. I think it's, there are many, many opportunities, positive ones. But at the moment, we all seem to focus on the toxicity of it. And that is, is killing people, literally, mentally. And, and again, and I don't represent either of them, but if you take Meghan and Harry of what's going on there, you know, the opinions, whether it's a Piers Morgan, everybody's entitled to an opinion, but oh my God, how it's stripped down and scrutinized. And it's, it is chaos. So I think there is some verification needed from platforms to say, you cannot go onto our platform and abuse somebody. And if, if you do, we will know who you are, we will take you to task, and it could be criminal prosecution, whatever. Now, that will take the edge off it. And that's the key. And I don't know how they can do that. So, that's just my point. Right? But it is, it is the Wild
3: West. Can I add something, guys? Sorry, may I died that uh, just um, before Dan could finish what he had to say, if that's okay? Of course, can i going to go for it. Right, so you mentioned, and it has fascinated mainly, like Clubhouse, as you say, we are on a platform and it's a developing technology in and of itself. I mentioned the likes of Otro and the Players' Tribune and, you know, S ultimately alluded to the fact that it's unlikely that we'll see a sort of revolution on the mainstream platform. Is it likely or possible that a new platform could arise where, you know, these sort of
0: checks are in place to prevent um, a sort of harsh environment, if you will. Yeah, so I might just go what just one, uh, just a couple of very brief points, and then SM will probably speak uh, the sense of it all. But um, I just almost want to just, uh, sort of caveat this whole sort of narrative and, and discussion to a degree, because... Um, the, the, I think the easy, the, the, say, the easy but most complicated answer to the question, Max, on the second bit is, yes, there, there, there will no doubt be new platforms just like Clubhouse wasn't anywhere near mainstream a few months ago, which everyone will use and find to be able to um, uh, um, uh, project particular messages um, and causes um, um, across the internet generally in whichever form that it takes. But I also think, at the same time, it's also really important that you know um, the, the established um, channels. Um, gr- granted, there are lots of issues with them, and I don't want to underplay those whatsoever. But without the established channels, there's an awful lot of good that would have um, fallen by the wayside. So I'm sort of conscious that it the the, the easy easier narrative sometimes is to be able to lambast everything. Granted, everybody knows um, where they stand on a number of particular issues. But the, the real benefit that has perhaps um, subsided in recent years because of the very real concerns that everyone has about lots of particular issues on the platforms is that you know everyone has been able to positively bypass the gatekeepers um, of the system, if you want to call it, um, structurally in order to be able to put forward a new approach to how to communicate more widely and You know call that the internet or call that particular platforms i'm i'm still really positive about the positive messages that you can put across that essen and a lot of his clients especially have done a, a brilliant job at so i i think um On the second point, definitely there will almost always be something going along, but always never discount that sort of first, second and third mover principle because of these network effects of people being so ingrained in the platform structure because of the followers, because of the interaction, because of the kudos, because of the ego attached to it, because of the um the the various selling points that that can be um that can be had so you know i think there's a yeah a variety of different things but s i'll, I'll leave that to you to 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 have a chat about as well perhaps
1: yeah one thing i'd say to that is there's a reason why athletes have started to go to podcasts to talk about their opinions because on spotify there's no comment section on itunes there's no comment section unless you go and put it on youtube even then i don't even think many YouTubers read the comment section on YouTube, there, there's, there's been a shift over the past two years and you can see it. You've got athletes creating their own podcasts or doing more podcasts, kind of participating in them because that's a platform that they can voice it. Ultimately it's the, the host or the hosts that you're doing it with and you trust them because that's why you agreed to do it with them. So it's a bit, that that's a platform that's been around for a while but it's a platform that's now being utilised in a very different way within the sport, sport's realm, right? So, coming back to, the, like, the LeBron the section, he's got uninterrupted. He essentially created his own media media platform in in rival to, like Max, you mentioned, the Players' Tribunes of this world and bits and pieces. Like, we're talking at an extremely different level to everyone else, right? But he felt the need that he had to create his own media platform. So, straight after the time Fox News told him to shut up and dribble, he was like, right, okay, cool, I can't rely on this media, I'm going to create my own media out there. So, There will be new platforms that come about but ultimately the success of them is the general population an athlete can't necessarily make or break a platform we saw we saw it with dugout how many clubs went on today didn't work if those platforms don't provide freedom of speech people don't necessarily want to go on there but however if you put a layer of security before you even get into that platform that's obviously a a huge fix but yeah it's, it's one of those ones that With time, there will be new platforms. I don't think there'll be anything that comes in and really replaces what Twitter is or what Instagram is. The only thing I can see really changing in the next few years is if those that are spending the money from ads' point of view come in and say, actually, do you know what, we don't want to be associated with this anymore. And I think we've seen that, actually. A few brands have now started to pull out because um, a lot of their adverts around Super Bowl were just getting racist abuse. Um, we've then seen that again with, I think it was a Christmas adverts. Um A few supermarkets obviously went down a certain route in how they wanted to communicate things. And they got abuse off of the back of it, but they didn't put targeted media or paid media behind it.
0: I think um, I'm, I'm sort of conscious that we're almost getting to the hour stage anyway, and we usually try and keep it to around an hour or so. And I think the thing that I would like to sort of focus on, if, if not for the last about five, you know five, ten minutes or so of the of the chat, also is... Um and Essen has sort of articulated has articulated this really well to me over the years and it's something I believe really strongly in, which is what what it seems like we're talking about to a large degree is the um authenticity of voice, um of message, um so that people feel that they're not being they're not being preached to, but it's something that someone deep down genuinely believes in. And the reason why I say that is that because I think you know, as, as we get, as players and talent and individuals um, are out there in the digital space, um, the thing that I think that everyone is always concerned about is the backlash that happens. And the backlash because on one side you've got Everyone's saying no. We want people to tell us what they really think, and we want to work out whether that, you know, um, aligns with you know my thinking. But as soon as the narrative is out of line with that, with wh- whoever's, you know, narrative we're talking about, then that's obviously a, a problem, and and that's obviously the the main part of what we've been discussing now. So. Yeah, so I'd just be really interested in your view on, you know, if if we're taking this back to the, the question that you quite r- quite rightly asked in the in the title, which is why athletes should do and be more, um, you know, that that's quite an aspirational, positive element to stuff. And if we draw it back slightly, just from not just social media, but as a wider um, authentic message that cuts across lots of different places. Obviously, social is a big way of being able to amplify and everything else. You know, are are you seeing athletes and talent thinking more now about how they can be more than just whatever it is, more than just football, more than just athlete, more than just musician, so that, you know, in time, they're not as one-dimensional, um, and I mean, I don't mean that in a negative way as past generations, but n- that have more going on and the platforms platforms they can use can really be of benefit to them as utility maximizers show their usefulness, whilst at the same time, you know f- feeling like they're doing something positive that fits with the, you know, their, own, their own view of the world.
1: I think once you're kind of circling back to that point I made earlier on, once you're at that maturity level of, okay, yeah, this is how I can use this voice and I won't be kind of directed by what other people say, yeah, you start to see more coming through that, okay, no, I actually stand for this or I want to do this, I have this opinion, this, that and the other, you start to see some starting to think about it from a younger age because they've lived through it, right? So I think when I was younger, the The world was far more simpler than it is now you kind of knew you can go down different routes this that and the other now we i remember reading like a article around culture and it was previously in years gone by there was different routes for culture now it's ultimately the phrase was we're just in one big blob of culture and just trying to find our way around it and i think there's so many younger generational kind of like kids in school that maybe don't understand what direction that they're going in or what they're trying to do and i think The younger generation of players have probably lived through that as well. They've seen their friends go through that. um, And now they know that actually they, once at that point of 25 plus, they they tend to have a mature voice or an opinion around certain things so that they can be that voice for their community. So the whole reason, bringing it back to the, the feud between Slashen and LeBron, the whole reason why LeBron does so many of these things is for his local community. He knows the three hundred kids that are in his school, he's the voice for them when it comes to photo suppression or or different problems that they have within the American institution institutions, right? So we now start to see people coming out from these communities in Gaia. I've come out of there, but there's still so many people that are left in that community. I'm their voice for reason, I'm their voice for change. And you would have seen maybe I think it was about a year and a half or two yeah, about a year Nike and Adidas both did campaigns with younger athletes to help their local communities. They did very, not hugely public, but they did a number of different initiatives to, be able to help their local communities. And that's what we're talking about. They're able to use their profile to not just stick to, oh, okay, this is my job. I'm just going to do this. And yeah, I'm out of there, but I don't really, I care, but I don't care enough to do something. And I remember reading an article about Michael Jordan, as good as he is, he is. He made a comment around um, why he didn't voice certain social issues was, but everyone buys Jordans. So straight away, he's kind of put his mark in the sand and said, actually, my sale of Jordans are far more important to me than social or cultural issues. But there are others on the flip side who care more for their communities than they do for what people think or say about them. Can I just, just jump in? At, um,
5: I think that the word that hasn't been used uh, or haven't heard it yet is influencers. And I think in, in, the, in the world that we've always lived in and now, uh, there are people who are key influencers. And I think athletes should do more, but I think it's very personalized because a lot won't. And they could be more. And again, some will and some won't. But if you take them as role models, um, into society, whether it's to into uh, the sort of the underprivileged, low income to say, look, I came from that background. This is my story. I think it's amazing because it, it's inspiring to those that don't have and have a set a dream and say, well, look, I'm going to set my my dream to what he's done. Um, so I think the power of it is enormous. I just keep going back to that at the moment, the controls that are set, are not good enough because athletes will turn around at the end of the day and say it's just not worth it it's just not worth it the abuse even for the financial gain I'm not getting it. So I think it's a balance. I think it's an amazing platform, everything, the, way the world we live in. I mean, I saw a, a, some stuff that Adidas are doing yesterday about the future, and it's all about sustainability. It's all about equality, inclusiveness. It's all about learning and education and empowering people. And, I, and that, that's great. But the reality of it is you stick your head out and you're going to get shot and it's dealing with that. So I think it's a fine balance, but I, I know athletes that are now saying to me, I don't want to do it. I just want to go and do what I do, which is play because of all the, the crap that's around. And that's really disappointing.
0: I don't think we can leave it on that OSS, can we? <laughs> so I'm gonna, but I, I, I don't doubt that for um, a second is the truth, Mark. Um, it's interesting because, as as you know as well as I, um, in a lot of cases, you know there, there will be um, lots of companies out there that will, to a degree, run the social channels for um, for players and to effectively shield players, talent, athletes, fra- influencers from um, that that negativity. And um, it might well be that in some cases, you know, p- players aren't. Actually, gaining access to their own social accounts to, to that extent, because there needs to be that um, positive shielding um, effect to a degree. And it might be times that um, you know there there are uh, particular settings that you can um, ensure to make sure that you know you can only get replies and comments and mentions from people that you know they follow, etc. But I I I think it's a lot more nuanced as to the type of person. Um, that we're that, that you that Essen that everybody else is effectively managing but I completely agree with Essen in the same way that I definitely understand your point which is I think the more emotionally secure um, people develop um, based on more experience in the particular industry outside and inside of the, uh, of the game. That it becomes a little bit more um realistic that people can um put themselves out there to a degree, but i can I can't imagine the the abuse I can only see it um and and you know empathize with the the ridiculous nature of some people that think they can get away with the type of you know the type of abuse that you know unfortunately we're still seeing on a daily basis.
5: I'm an advocate of what Essen does. Okay, there's no question. And, and he works with some of my clients. I just think that there has to be some level of tolerance in this. And you're talking about why athletes should do and be more. And I'm, I'm an advocate of that. But I do think that it's, a, it's like climbing Everest with slippers on at the moment. It is difficult. And, and I don't think that's our fault. I think it's what else is going on there with the platforms and the, the, those. I, that's my opinion. But I hope, hope we win. I hope we win in the long term.
0: I'm definitely going to use that phrase at some point, climbing Everest with slippers on. Um, brilliant. Mark, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thanks, for everyone else, for um, joining us. Any, any final remarks?
1: No, no, all good. I think next week we will try to have um, Jake Humphrey on again because I think he's in a Europa League game tonight now. So he should be free next week. If not, I will kind
0: of let you know <laughs> no it's all good well um brilliant discussion as always thanks everyone for joining and thanks for the interaction thanks for listening you can follow me on twitter tiktok and instagram at football law read my blogs and listen to my previous podcasts via my website danielg.com forward slash blogs please do subscribe to the Dundeel football podcast like share and tag me If you like the content, if not my voice, you'll probably also like my book, Done Deal, an insider's guide to football contracts, multi-million pound transfers, and Premier League big business. A bit of a mouthful. It's available to buy in hard copy, digitally, and via Audible. All links are in the podcast show notes. Lastly, the podcast is powered by Thirteen, which is a fashion brand I've started. All proceeds go towards cancer charity research, particularly the stellar work done by John Krell who has helped my mum through some difficult times over the last few years. You can take a look at the merch and hopefully buy a t-shirt, hoodie, cap or all three. Please do spread the word and go to 13shop.co.uk. That's 13shop.co.uk. Thanks for listening.